Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Health Talk. I am your host, Dr. Niru Prasad, with my background in pediatrics, emergency medicine, affiliated with Henry Ford Health System, St. Joe, Oakland, and Bowman. The theme of our Health Talk to today is anxiety and depression among our school and college student. Joining us today on my health talk as guest speaker is Dr. Kingsley Thomas. He is the Vice Chief of Pediatrics at St. Joe, Oakland, and Katrina Sanchez, and she is a clinical nurse practitioner. Both of them are going to highlight our viewers about how do you handle these cases when uh, from the pediatrics perspective so good morning doctor dr thomas will you please just give some introduction to our viewers you can look, okay, look at me. yes um someone suggested that <clears throat> in life opportunity favors the trained mind and I must give thanks to all those who have helped me in the field of pediatrics and uh, teaching me the basic principles of anxiety. In this time when COVID was rampant, I've seen more patient with uh, the symptoms of anxiety than I've ever seen it before. So we would consider anxiety a behavioral pattern where people become scared of uh, many things. Uh, some of them are physically and some are mentally. The anxiety produces a lot of uh, complications in the lives of these kids. In the time of COVID, most of these kids were out of school. They were in homes and a big percentage of the homes had dysfunctionality meaning they were divorced. Right. And we see that divorce and uh, family issues create a lot of um, problems in the lives of the young uh, patients. We see that they are scared. They are on their, all that they do, they no longer have social behavior, interactions with other um, colleagues. And so they are left at home. And what they see at home is reflection in their behavior. And so a great percentage of these kids will have anxiety. And it's manifested in the form of stress. Stress. So, so you know, just to make a story short, we all have anxiety, right? And yes. we all have stress. But it's just that immature brain is unable to handle that, right? Yes. We have experience, we are able to. But these kids, you know, they are school-age kids and they are college, going to college. It's hard for them to handle it and then they go into other way. Do you have anything to order, to add to this, Katrina? Um, the, just the prevalence of Anxiety in kids now, it, it's 5.6 million kids affected exactly. with anxiety. I went through that, yeah. 
through statistics how much more mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Okay. And with the depression, there's 2.4 million um, child and adolescents affected, and only 80% go for treatment. So, 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 doctor, um, what are the forms? They manifest like you know obesity um, okay. and other forms. How they manifest before they come to you? They manifest with uh, overeating. Right. Yeah. They're withdrawn. Their social behavior is completely different from kids who are without anxiety. However, we see that patients who have um, the kids who have anxiety, they are. Place in an environment where the parents are not able or not, uh, have not, not the knowledge of taking care of these patients. And so it's profound that they become more anxious than ever because a lot of people in the society think that anxiety or any psycho, psychopathology, they look up at look on it as if they do not want other people to know about it. And so these patients are not taken to the physician. For example, if someone has a cold, they would run to see the doctor. If they're anxious, if they're not doing well in school, their parents were reluctant in letting other people know about it. And so it's the job of the pediatrician. Job of the pediatrician before when they come to the office, and I have uh, during my clinical pediatric, I have noticed they come with a uh, bullism, bullying, bullying, fighting, fighting with the others, and uh, so many eating disorder. You said with all those underlying diseases leading to this. And most important thing is, I believe, falling at a school grade, right, mm-hmm. Don? Yes, there's a, um, and a lot of those people with anxiety has a high incidence of ADHD. Right, uh, yeah, and, I was going to ask you about and that. And you know that uh, the ADHD has three main features, impulsivity, hyperactivity, right. and a poor attention span. But you mentioned about obesity, yes, because they eat a lot. And we know that obese patients have a lot of psychopathology. In fact, there are studies which suggest that they have a high incidence of car accidents because they refuse to wear their seat belts. So these are a lot of things. They are withdrawn, and um, then beside of their obesity, they turn toward other things, including drugs. Do you have... Katrina, do you have anything to add with all this? Um, just with the anxiety and the depression among the child and adults, like the prevalence of it is just very high because I work inpatient psych before. Right. Uh-huh. And it's all, aside from those factors that Dr. Thomas mentioned, Social media does play a huge role. And yes, and like usage of devices and the internet, it plays a huge role in anxiety and depression. So question for for you, doctor, when this patient go to to your pediatrics office, what what do they expect? Well, A lot of times you'll ask them why are they there. They would say they don't know. 
even at an age when the an appropriate age when patients should know why they're there and um, you see some reluctancy of speaking mm -hmm. reluctancy of removing their coat <laughs> for weight yeah. and uh, you ask them to sit on the table and they would stand and would stare in the face so you as a pediatrician has to say listen the only reason i'm here is to help you and let's exactly. cooperate let's do the things that will make your life a better Right. And uh, talk to the parent and said, you have the mother. Could you help me with your son or your daughter? And so when they sit on the table, first thing you tell them that I'm here. I'm going to put my hand on you because a lot of these kids have been physically and sexually abused. Exactly. And yes. they do not want to be touched. Exactly. So everything that you're going to do, you're telling them, I'm going to put my hands here, exactly. I'm going to do this, and all I'm trying to do is to help you. So that's good. So initially, mother and the, and the kids are together. Yes. But later on, after you do a physical examination, then after that, then you, then the, you want to, because well, it's hard for them to talk about your well, private... Issues. Well, yes, then I the will. The mother waits outside. Right? I can. I will ask them. I let them make that decision. Okay. I said, would you like your mom to be here? And whatever decision they make, I follow that decision. Okay. Okay. So then, so we are going through this physical examination. The first of all, we want to rule out if there is any underlying causes, right? Yes, like uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, hypertension, yeah. and especially thyroid disease. Thyroid disease, yeah. And a usage of drugs, drugs and yeah. usage of steroid, because we know that steroids yeah. causes psychosis. Among the athletes, yes. usually, Among, yeah. Yes. So now we we have all the blood work done. Investigations have been done. Check urine, very important, yeah, right? Check for urine. This is STD. the way I handled mm -hmm. them when I was working. Mm -hmm. Check everything before I get the behavioral medicine involved. I usually well, those of us who have been trained over the years and mm -hmm. in pediatrics, and thank that I have been at Havewick for hmm. over 30 years. Right. I am yeah. accustomed to seeing these See types of... all these things, right. And I have listened to what the other psychiatrists do. And some of them, I will ask the mom, do you want me to try and take care of it? Right. Since I am more familiar with this patient than a psychiatrist Excellent. at this time. And I will start them on the appropriate medication for their anxiety. And if I see that it's beyond the bounds of my knowledge, then I refer them to the okay. pediatrician. No. Because the parents are more trustworthy in my, me as a pediatrician exactly. than someone else. And you have built a good relationship the Relationships with them also. is the most so important you, thing. Yeah, that is very important. They respect you. Mm -hmm. They trust you and they know that you will do your best. Yes. So, Katrina, what do you have to add to this, what we talked about as pediatrician role? Well, so 
I do agree with Dr. Thomas that the parents and even the patients like bring up their behavioral health or mental health um, concerns in primary care than go to behavioral health medicine. It's just right. because the stigma is there as well. Right. Very good. That they don't, they don't really agree that there's something wrong with them. It's just attached to behavioral medicine that, you know, you go to a psychiatrist or a mental health professional, you're, you're crazy. So they prefer going through their Hard primary to say care. That you yeah. are. <laughs> so yes. You know, when I was doing all this research on this and I, I have written some articles for Academy of Pediatrics mm -hmm. and and all those. The thing is, you know, there is so much has been mentioned in the CDC, mm -hmm. World Health Organization. Everybody has mentioned about this whole thing because the later on, you know, this all leads to the most serious form, you know, like... Uh, fire alarm, accidents, and suicide, all this. Right. So we have to, as a pediatrician and as a clinician, we have to stop everything right. So it doesn't reach to that age. So do you agree with me, Don? Oh, yes. And um, because the nurse also, all the, they interview the patient. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times yeah. they are more um, accustomed. And they'll talk to the nurse more than the doctor at times. Right. And right. so we listen to what the nurse, because we work in a concert yeah. where a, a doctor alone cannot do this. Exactly. And they have more time to spend individually, individually. right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, even as an adult, we go to the doctor's office, which is basically the clinical nurse practitioner. They are the one who who do most of the elaborate history and write that. There are studies which are suggesting now that the nurse practitioners and the PA, that a lot of patients prefer them because <laughs> they spend more time with they them than the time. doctors right, because yeah. the doctors are getting in and out. Right, know? yeah. So after we are done with this, you know, like uh, we also have to distinguish whether they have a autistic Mm -hmm. disorder a spectrum or whether they have a attention deficit so we have some some tests right that can yeah. be done right doc yes there are tests that we do in autism we think that it should be diagnosed before the age of 16 months age and of 16 so, months 16 yeah. months okay. and with the help of a um, mm -hmm. pediatric uh, neurologist we mm -hmm. when I see them I do uh, because the mom I uh, will tell you, oh, Johnny doesn't smile as uh, yeah. his sister. No, so he so likes to be alone. Yeah, he yeah. likes you. Yeah. So with that, with a knowledgeable pediatrician, mm -hmm. you have an um, instinct of knowing what to do. And you can do it, but uh, you can get the help of your colleagues. Right. And we are seeing a high incidence of autism and ADHD because we have been more premature and mm -hmm. uh, babies living longer now. And so their brain Has is not developed as a normal right. patient. And right, so right. there's a higher incidence of autism in prematurity and in ADHD. So for our viewers to know, Dr. Thomas has said, specifically said, very important, autism spectrum should be 
at the age of 16. Yeah, we like or, or 16 for 16 months. months. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how you catch them in the beginning, in the right? Beginning. They cannot speak, they are alone. And no so, eye contact. And yeah, no, no eye, contact. eye contact. That's very important. And so treatment can be initiated right. at an earlier age, and the outcome is much better if treatment right. is started if earlier. Earlier the better. What do you, do you have? What do you have to add at your end? Yes, with um, like Dr. Thomas said, with autism, it does come with a lot of um, concerns with it, like with attention, learning difficulties. Yeah. Right. That's just what it is. But the earlier, the better. I agree. Right. Yeah. So once now we have distinguished between autism, autistic child, and and all those eating disorder, then then as a pediatrician, we advise them to yes. do what we think is the best for them, right? Yeah, we tell them that is a spectrum. Yeah, no, um, so you have one which is profoundly autistic and you have the high-functioning ones. And so it's not uh, a stigma right? because yeah. they are not the ones that cause it. Mm. Because a lot of people say, oh, it's, a, it's all because the parents hasn't taken proper care. Right, Those are right. people without the knowledge of mm. science. And you, t you try to tell the mother, mother, try to help her to do the best she can. She can, yeah. And uh, then the most important thing is advise the family. Yes, it's a because family. the family are together, they are have together. a good cooperation. You yeah. agree with me, right? Very Dr. much so. But we see because there's a high incidence of divorce, Exactly. Now, and one exactly. partner will say one thing and mm -hmm. the other will say. So yeah. they have to come in concert that they have the same behavior mm -hmm. towards the child. Right. Abuse, yeah. physical abuse, emotional abuse. I don't want to get through that because that itself becomes another topic. Yes. Smoking, they get involved, at, especially oh, the yeah. adolescents. Mm -hmm. They get involved with all those other Automotive accidents has been, you know, high incidents. High um, incidents. There are studies that showing that patients who are, have ADHD mm -hmm. and is not on medication have mm -hmm. a high incidence of um, abuse high and, and uh, abuse in car accidents. Right. But uh, recently, you know, doctor, I have been regularly watched the, C the CNN and current CDC and all that. Now there is more drug issue among them, the fentanyl-laced oh, drugs yeah. and all those. And this is entirely a different issue. But for the parents at home, just the advice that they should keep all the medicine locked, right? Locked up, and any change in the behavior of the mm -hmm. child, the patient, they should seek. Um, right, they should see, and then, yeah. The medical of, advice. Yeah, because nowadays, the fentanyl-laced drugs, you know, street drugs, they are being sold, and then they get use, they get access to those. Mm -hmm. So, no. Now, another issue, doctor, I'm going to ask you about the, what do you think about alcoholism? Alcohol among them and how to? It has increased now. 
especially in the time of COVID. Mm-hmm. Patients looked at different things to do. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, things is um, drinking, vaping, and um, smoking. Okay. You see a high incidence of that. But it's a parent, as a parent, you should be concerned in all the different behaviors, the deviant right. behavior of yeah. your child. You are the leader in the home, not the child. Except, so if something changes, you should be there for mm-hmm. that child. Yeah. And smoking and vaping, that is That's another big issue, right? Big, very big issue. Yeah. And the... we know of all the comorbidities that are associated with smoking. Right. We have, we have high incidence of patients who have asthma and smoking. Yeah as a, de- a bad effect on asthma. Yeah, I, I, I used to see a lot of asthmatic, you know, among these kids wheezing, and once they get better, then on further issue, then further asking question, apparently, you know, they are vape. They vape. Cigarette. Because they do not think that uh, it's completely different from smoking, mm-hmm. and they don't have all the issues that smoking mm-hmm. may present, which is... Yeah. So these are the important, pertinent finding questions that, as a parents, we should mm-hmm. we should know. And re- mm-hmm. you know, raising a children is not an easy job. Oh yes. right. I agree. <laughs> but it was a choice. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, and yeah. you have to do what is best for what you. What is the best for them? Because yeah. they are the future of our great country. Exactly. And yeah. we have to do the best we can. Yeah. What do you have to add there? So with the vaping, I agree. They, a lot of parents are misinformed. I see it in the inpatient hospital, okay, psychiatric man. hospitalizations. Mm-hmm. They all come with a vape at 12, 13, 14. Yeah, right, old. as early. As and the parents are okay with it because they think that there's no nicotine in it and it's not as addicting or they don't get the, mm-hmm. what Dr. Thomas because mentioned. Because they want to see their kids happy, right? Yes, but... You know, they don't understand that it's the same as smoking, so tobacco, I mean. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. Smoking and the drugs. Now, that yes. has, this has become like number one mm-hmm. suicides with the drugs. Now, this is the number one cause of cause of death among those yes. adolescents. Right? Even marijuana. I, I, I saw the curve, you know, of the fentanyl. Yeah, fentanyl is, is, is number one. And and then that's how, you know, they have Narcan and everything mm-hmm. it's stored at the school. They do Narcan trainings in the school. Yes, Because yes. of the overdose. Yes. And fentanyl and, you know, because marijuana. Yeah, yeah. Marijuana is that's laced with fentanyl. Yes, I you know, know it's a can, lot. We can sit here and talk forever about all these things going on, you know, <laughs> with all this. But uh, now they have also come out with a nasal drop of Narcan. Mm. Have you, did you notice that? They just think... came up. The paramedics. I, I just took my ACLS research mm. and the paramedics, <laughs> they have the, they have the saline drops, nose drop with the Narcan, naloxin. So, so many things happening. So now, what would you, last minute advice, what would you advise as a pediatrician to the 
to the listeners, the parents, the children, whoever are listening to this dark? Yes. I think that in this society, we have to get accustomed to the different behavior pattern and different right, disease yeah. um, that we have. And we should not tend to criminalize patients with psychiatric illness because the only thing that will make the society better is helping others. Mm -hmm. um, it is suggested by the great writer that the happiest people in the world are those who do most for others. So I would think that everyone is your neighbor. Right. And if you can make someone's life a more business of the light, then your life will not be in vain. And they are our future the, the kids, future when of they are country. on the right track, you know, when they're basic education, good habit. We haven't touched the nutrition part. Well. <laughs> There's so much to talk about that also, right? Well, we did about obesity. <laughs> yeah, and, nutrition. Um, and that, that's proper, proper diet. Proper diet. And uh, one thing I would like to mention that a lot of pediatricians may not know that patients who come in with frequent vomiting, yeah, they have yeah. to think about marijuana. I was going to ask you that question. You cut it about, out of About me. marijuana. Uh, they have, uh, there's in the studies that um, there is uh, vomiting associated, persistent vomiting associated with the uh, chronic usage of marijuana. Oh, okay. I had a patient at the psych hospital the other day, mm -hmm. and this was what was happening. So they come, the vomiting is a manifestation of a complication. overuse of marijuana. Now they have legalized it too, yes. right? <laughs> so what are we going to do? We are going to, there's a big dilemma. It's a dilemma. What are Just we like doing? alcohol and tobacco, mm -hmm. but alcohol, tobacco, and so, so that's very good. How about uh, Katrina, what do you have? One minute, your advice to our listeners? Well, with anxiety and depression, if there is anybody who needs help, like the children, like the parents or grandparents just need to be aware of yeah, the signs right. and symptoms, any change of behavior, don't hesitate to seek help. Right. There is available Open help. Up. Yes, and you know, try to minimize the um, use of devices and ex just watch your kids. Make sure that you know their environment, who they hang out with, it affects everything. And you know, seek help if needed. Yeah. Very good. So the most important uh, takeout message is seek help. help. Open up and seek help. help. Right, mm -hmm. Doc? Yes. Seek help. <laughs> whichever way you can get right. right so so that's very good i like to thank uh, both of you dr kingsley thomas and uh, and katrina sanchez for coming to my show health talk and our topic was uh, anxiety and and depression among our school and college students. Because mm -hmm. these students, they're going to the college, yeah. starting from, so they should get rid of all this issue before they start a right. new life, right? I'd like to thank our producer for helping me produce these tapes. And until I see you again, have a very safe and a wonderful spring and summer. Thank, thank you again. Thank, thank you. you again.